This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. In golf? <laughs> I think you I think you met on the football field. <laughs> well, I'm sure there'll come a day, you know. Let's go! Right here in the middle of the damn field! Let's bring it down, Tigers on three! Hell yeah! Cause this is our house! From now on! Yes, sir! Tigers on three! One, two, three! Ah! But I'm gonna tell you this, we ain't done yet. I gotta ask you about the message on your shirt. Uh my favorite holiday of the year, I guess, and you know, so just, um, someone gave me a shirt and Merry Christmas, they spelled it wrong, so, you know, it was free. Coach, it's a great day for you, huh? That's a, yeah, it's better than average, I'll tell you that. <laughs> that, that <laughs> we played LSU because, you know, New England, Green Bay, and the Chiefs uh, had somebody scheduled. You know what we're going to do, though? We're going to quickly call the Hogs for the race back. Yep. <laughs> the fact you're dressed as Darth Vader, do you feel like you were somewhat of a villain in this fight? I mean, you charged out on the field pretty hard. I was trying to get our players off the field, you know, because I know we have a big game next week. All I want to do is fucking eat. I want you to eat. I want you to eat. I want you to want this shit. Do you want it? Do you want it? Show me. Oh, welcome in to the latest episode of that SEC Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And I'm joined, as always, by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vols on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? Hey, buddy. How are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you so down there, brother? I mean, are you sweating out all these uh, coaching no, rooms? here's the deal, Mike. You know, obviously, my Tennessee Vols won check. My lock of the week one, check. A lot of good things happened this week. I'm totally pumped, totally excited. Fantastic weekend. We're going to talk yep. about it. But, Mike, through it all, you know, it never really dawned on, on me until maybe the Iron Bowl that this was the last week. You know, I mean, I wasn't ready. You know what I'm saying? I was ready for – I know we're going to talk bowl games and those got different things and we got the SEC championship. Yes, that's going on, but – you know, there's a lot of teams, there's a lot of players that we're never going to get to see again play college football, and it just feels like I didn't do my job in soaking it up. You know what I'm saying? So, little down, little down, <laughs> because this season went by so fast, Mike. I don't know. This, I thought last year was quick, but damn, Mike, this year flew by. All it is, brother, we wait and we wait and we wait, <laughs> and it's gone in a blink of an eye. You know what? So I'm just happy that uh, it went out with a bang. I mean, there were so many oh, great man. games over the weekend in the SEC, and even nationally, I was got I got caught up, kind of like you. You know, I don't pay a whole ton of attention to these other conferences, but 
Well, we got snow games for Ohio State, Michigan. <laughs> I saw Penn State, Michigan uh-huh. State. I got uh, caught up in the, the bedlam, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, when the SEC action was yep. over. There was just uh, good games galore on Saturday. And, you know, it just it brought out the love of the sport, not just the SEC, but the entire sport. But, of course, the SEC where we got so much drama. And, <laughs> man, as soon as uh, the, the final whistle, the drama, really started heating up shade and already did the uh, emergency pod. Go back and check that out if you missed it. But I just want to get your quick thoughts because it's official. No more rumors. No more speculation. Billy mm. Napier, the Louisiana head coach, now the coach of the Florida Gators. What <laughs> is your first take on that? Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of torn, man, because it, it, it's, it looks sexy on, on paper. You know what I'm saying? But so many coaches mm-hmm. have come through the university of Florida that looked sexy on paper. That's my biggest concern. Is this another name in a long line of coaches that just don't get the job done? Is this one of the coaches they fire in two, three years? Or is this the guy that puts the University of Florida back on the map? Dude, they're in the, they're in the spot, man. When you were playing NCAA, if, if the Florida job came open, you took it because it was a recruit hotbed. They have everything they need to compete. Yeah. It's in the East. You love that. I just I, I think it's a perf, it's a picture perfect university to win national championships. So, is Napier the guy? I'm I'm a coin toss right now, Mike. I'm not I'm not ready to say yes, but they needed something different, and they got it with Napier. Yeah, and I just love the fact Shane he's, he's coached under Saban, mm-hmm. he's coached under Dabo. Now there've been other guys that have done that, and they've flopped as head coaches, but. You combine that with the fact that he's run his own program for four mm-hmm. years, been very successful down there at Louisiana. I like that. I love the fact, if I'm a Gator fan, that this is a guy that, uh, you know, there was interest by Mississippi State. There was interest by South mm-hmm. Carolina. There was interest by Auburn. Passed on all those, and, and some say even Tennessee last cycle. Yeah. And if if he's waiting for it, you know, he's, he's a calculated guy. He's not right. just jumping at a job which so many of these guys do, you know, so I, I really love that fact, but, and, and fair or unfair, Shane, you know, how I think this is going to be judged is recruiting, man, who those LSU Tigers, <laughs> well, recruiting, yeah, but who those LSU Tigers hire Shane and cause uh, Billy Napier there in Louisiana, right under LSU's mm-hmm. nose, LSU for whatever reason, it apparently had no interest in Billy Napier you know, we'll come to find out whether that's a huge mistake or not. But LSU, who they go hire, Shane? It ain't going to be Lincoln <laughs> Riley. Oh, man. The message boards, the Twitter. Everybody was following. Oh, my God. You see who Lincoln Riley followed on He Twitter? bought a boat that's, down there in Louisiana, the- man. <laughs> <laughs> well, if he did, he just did it for vacation because he came out and said, hey, I ain't going to be LSU's new coach. Turns right around, Shane, and – Takes the Southern Cal job. That never in a million years would I have thought. How many times we do this podcast? Shane says LSU or Southern Cal. What's a better job? Mm-hmm. No hesitation. It's LSU all the way. But apparently, old Lincoln, he looked over there at the SEC and said, "I don't want none of that right there." Uh, they fire you a season or two after you win the national championship. Right after winning the division championship, yep. I do not want any part of that. And hey, it is what it is. But, uh, but do you want that? 
you know, the expectations on both of those jobs. You think even Dan Mullen there at Florida, it wasn't like he was a huge – he wasn't like – he didn't – not get to a bowl game, you know what I'm saying? He did. He, he you right. know, he, he had productive program uh, and won a lot of games down there in Florida. And it's just like, man, the expectations are so high. You take one year off down there, you're gone. Two years away from a national championship, mm-hmm. you're fired. I mean, that doesn't happen in the NFL, does it? You don't win a Super Bowl and two years <laughs> later you get fired. That's That's just how competitive the SEC. And I think, man – I don't care what the people say, and I'll say it right now. Lincoln is is Lincoln cares about Lincoln. You know what I'm saying? There, there's a reason that he didn't entertain right. the LSU job, Mike, and the reason is is because those Oklahoma Sooners are coming to the SEC. They're no longer going to be the big dogs, and you cannot protect. You cannot have ten right. win, eleven win seasons in Oklahoma. I just don't think it's going to happen, Mike. I just truly don't. I think they'll be successful, but I just and I think there'll be years that they they're competitive and they compete for SEC championships, but they're not going to be able to do it year in year out like they were doing in Oklahoma. And what he's doing is he's hiding. His ass went to California to go compete in that weak ass conference and stay away from the SEC. He was thinking about Lincoln Riley. That should say more about him not not toughing it out with Oklahoma. I mean. Where else would you want to be? This is the premier SEC destination. We're adding two more powerhouse programs, and you turn coat and get out of town? That's because you're worried about that little boy record. Get out of here. Get out of here with that nonsense, Mike. You don't want him, <laughs> LSU. You don't want a guy like this because when the when the reality hits and he can't get you those wins that, that he was getting over there in Oklahoma, he's going to be one of those that just does what he did this week, and that's leave his team behind. Yeah, the SEC is not for the weak-minded. Mm-hmm. That is for sure. But what that's got everybody on uh, Rocky Top there worried now, <laughs> Shane, that Josh Heupel go jump to the Oklahoma job, even though there's no real uh, speculation that that's even going to happen yeah. or that's in the rumor mill. Uh, Mike, but, tell uh, them what you did to me. Times, tell, them, tell them what you did to me. <laughs> Broke, I mean, you talk about I couldn't get to Twitter quick enough. <laughs> <laughs> so I texted – Cousin Shane, a big Tennessee homer. Bruce Hepfeldman reports Josh Heupel to OU. <laughs> and then it, I waited about 10 whole minutes, probably the longest 10 minutes of Shane's life, and I said, just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> Dude, I am going through Twitter feeds. I'm looking at his replies and likes and everything. I was like, I don't see it. Maybe he deleted it. That's what I was thinking, you know. So then I'm doing the search and everything. I, I tell you, Mike, Tennessee Volunteer fans, we've been we've been hurt, man. Lane Kiffin did this. He came up here for a year, made our program relevant again, kept it close with Alabama. We we were already hanging banners up here in Knoxville, and his ass left with Monty. You know what I'm saying? I, I'll never forget uh, talking about his dad hiding behind. The, the desk because he's afraid he's going to get hurt, man, as we're burning couches in the street. This program has been hurt before. So, you know, a lot of people are saying, there's no way, Hoppel. Yeah, you could say that all you want, but it's happened to us. You know, fool me once, shame on me. I, there's Everybody's on alert. But, Mike, give me peace of mind. Tell me why Hoppel is not going to go to Oklahoma. Please. It better be good. Come on. Well, man. last time I checked, he's – He's got no relationship with the uh, university down there. Uh, I think they've even honored the national championship team. He, I don't even think he went to that. He used to. It, here's here's how I would equate it, Shane. You know, I'm not saying Josh Heupel was as good as Peyton Manning, mm-hmm. but he's the last quarterback that led them to a national championship. Yeah. 
I mean, there's Josh Heupel, and they've had a string of Heisman winners, but they've none none of them won the national championship. So that's how popular Heupel is down there in Norman. And imagine if Tennessee hired Peyton Manning, you know, you, to be a coordinator, mm-hmm. a quarterback coach. You're grooming them. Let's say Philip Fulmer did it because that that's an even better example because he was hired by Bob Stoops yep. to run the offense. They were grooming him to be the next head coach of Oklahoma, and then they fired his ass and they brought in a, a younger offensive mind to replace him. So that that's kind of how I equate it. If if Peyton was brought in and then they fired Peyton and uh, brought in old Ryan Leaf to be the uh, head coach of. <laughs> Tennessee Vols, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you think Peyton would turn around here in a couple years and say, well, hell, I will be the new Tennessee coach. Right. No, I mean, I think that that bridge is burned. I think that chapter is closed. And, you know, he just does not have a good relationship with Oklahoma. I know he played there, but uh, to my knowledge, he's not set foot on that campus in a decade. And I don't think he's got any desire to do so. So, well, I'll, I'll tell you know, I, just because he played there. Yeah. That that doesn't do it for me. I'll tell you the AD is a factor. Uh, you know, here here's our AD from UCF comes up to Knoxville first hires Hopple. You know, this is a package deal, and and I don't see that friendship disconnecting right now. So uh, things are going good on Rocky right. Top. Don't mess it up. Um, I'm with you, Mike. Uh, I don't think it's a, a, an opportunity. Let me ask you now. Now that that position is open. I mean, say what you want. That's an SEC opening. Is there any is there any names that you see floating around for the Oklahoma job, or or are they the same names you're seeing with LSU, or what, what's what's going out there? What are you hearing behind the scenes? Yeah, and how about this, Shane? You know what it really makes me think of because Lincoln Riley was so highly regarded. Mm-hmm. The fact that he left this job, you know, I'm not trying to talk down to Oklahoma because it's one of the, the proudest programs in college football history. But what does that say about what Lincoln thought about the future mm-hmm. of Oklahoma going into the SEC after dominating the Big 12 Conference? And that was what a lot of people said, Shane, when Texas and Oklahoma was officially announced to the SEC. They said, why would Oklahoma make us move when they've dominated that? I think they've won it six years in a row. This is the first year in seven seasons they've not won the Big 12. Why would they make this move? And, of course, the answer is money, but, you know, it's going to put them at a competitive disadvantage. There's not – you know, they're close to Texas. Surely they can recruit guys from Texas still. But, you know, it's just not the same as, uh, you know, this the recruiting landscape that these SEC programs have to, to pull from. So, you know, I, I don't know. I think maybe the Oklahoma job, that's going to be a tough one mm-hmm. in the SEC. We'll see how they structure the league moving forward. But – the only name that I've really heard that I think makes a ton of sense is, and is actually one a little bit off the radar, Shane, is the uh, Oklahoma, or excuse me, the uh, Clemson defensive coordinator, Brent Venables. Mm-hmm. Apparently he's formerly defensive coordinator down there in Oklahoma. He's, I think that's a job that he would certainly take interest in. And then after Lincoln left, Shane, I don't know if you heard, Bob Stoops is going to be the yeah. interim. <laughs> I'm not suggesting that he, that he stays off full time, but – how about from one Stoops to another, man? I Maybe this is the move for Mark Stoops to take mm. over for uh, the opening down there. I could certainly see that as well. Golly, man, there's so much so much rumor going on. It's just it's tough to keep up with it all. I mean, yeah. it was tough enough when there was 12 teams, you know. Now we got 16 teams to look after. So, yeah, <laughs> there there's all kinds of rumors floating around. Uh, I do like 
I like how aggressive Florida was in getting this name out there. Uh, you know, this they're ahead of it, man. We we got recruiting start, and that's yeah. one thing I think is is real big with Napier, especially being down there in Louisiana, man. This wasn't a big program, but this is a guy that spent a lot of time in those L- those Louisiana high schools, a lot of time in those Texas high schools. Now he's got those relationships he's picking up here in Florida, so he's been in those recruiting hotbeds. He's been around these guys, and that's what that's I mean that's what it boils down to, Mike. Florida wants some studs, man. They want to be the top recruiting class, and there's no reason they can't be because they've been there many, many years. So uh, I think that's the key here, getting a getting them in early right here before National Signing Day. Maybe you can salvage some some recruits here uh, that have fell off. Maybe you can bring them back in. You know, I think the biggest recruit down there is uh, AR-15, man. You know, just getting with that, getting with yeah. those players, getting with the staff, letting these kids know. Re-recruits, even though they're on campus, man. We've seen it at Tennessee. That transfer portal gets hot after a new coach. So, that's the big one. Win these hearts over. Keep these kids playing. And, and uh, yeah, I think you got to – I think you got a hell of a hire down there. Now, Shane, we do got a ton of games to mm-hmm. recap. And before we even jump into that, you know, spoil alert here. I, I'm not really breaking any news here, but – the SEC's now got 13 teams mm. headed mm. to the postseason, 13 of 14. Only Van, Vanderbilt is the program not going to be bowling this season in the SEC. That's an all-time new record. And I just think it's, uh, you know, they say they SEC's top heavy. I mean, my <laughs> goodness, the entire league outside of one is uh, headed to the postseason. And if, you know, at this point it, we're beating a dead horse, but – it's the SEC and it's everybody yeah. else, and it that's never even been a doubt. No, has it? and you wonder why Lincoln left. <laughs> oh man, yeah. This this is this. I was telling, I, I was texting Mike during the game Saturday, and I said, man, I'm secretly pulling for LSU here because we had Florida already with the win. I said LSU gets this thing, man. We're gonna have every team but Vanderbilt in a bowl game. I've never seen anything like that. But that just shows you when we say any given Saturday, it's been that every single week this year. The only team that never struggled really was the Georgia Bulldogs. But everyone else, boy, they went through it. And uh, that's what you love. That's that's why I like the league expanding because eventually we're going to filter out these other teams and it's just going to be us versus the world, you know. So, uh, and it kind of already <laughs> is. This is a sign of it. And I just hope this is a year that we mm-hmm. really start taking the bowl serious. I'd love to see a sweep, man. Nothing would be sweeter than an SEC sweep. 13 no, and 0. Buddy. Well, it's going to start. Uh, <laughs> the action started here, of course, on Thanksgiving. Shay, we haven't had a chance to. To recap his game just yet, but the Egg Bowl won again by them Ole Miss mm-hmm. Rebels, Shane, 31 to 21 in Starkville with those annoying Campbell <laughs> Bills, as uh, Lane Kiffin calls them there. But hey, this is the first time Ole Miss has ever won 10 games, Shane, in a regular season. So credit to Lane Kiffin. What an outstanding job he's done down there this season with them Rebels. But, you know, this game, a little bit of a, a slow start, but you know, in the end, I thought it kind of was some of the things that I said, Shane, the more balanced team won the mm-hmm. football game, the team with the kicking issues. I mean, those those missed kicks were huge for Mississippi State. The drops right before halftime, that killed Mississippi State. They had, If you missed it, they had an opportunity. Three drops, yeah. Shane, three would-be touchdowns 
They had to settle for the field goal, and then the kicker shanks it. And that was just so deflating going into halftime with uh, down 10-6. to six. And, and they just – Mississippi State was never able to recapture that magic. And, you know, in due part to – I hate to say this, the fake injuries, Shane. Yeah. I mean, the fake injuries continue to come up. And, you know, I, I think I've seen a lot of Ole Miss fans saying, my God, you're beating a dead horse here. But I don't think I've ever watched a season play out, Shane, where the – you know, ESPN announcers and whatnot are, are just basically saying this is like, you know, we're dishonoring the game. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it, we kind of are, man, because it's like they found a loophole. I, I credit them for that. I mean, it's technically not a penalty, but I guarantee you they're going to switch this rule in the offseason, and we're going to have to call it the Kiffin Ole Miss rule, you know what? <laughs> Well, they, they call it the, the new mascot is the fainting goats, you know. So <laughs> that's the one I keep I keep seeing on the on the Twitters there. But yeah, the fact of the matter is they found a loophole. I mean, there's part of me that that hates it, and there's part of me that that accepts it because it is legal. You know what I'm saying? It it is something that you can do. It's something my team has done. It's something other teams have done. Nobody does it quite as much as Ole Miss. In fact, it. it they got a whole. I think they got a damn camera just dedicated to recording constantly <laughs> that side of the ball, so they can zoom in on these players and their fandom injury. So it is. It is a. It's a. It's a loophole. But I, I think that gets corrected in the offseason, Mike. I think something's going to have to happen here because it has been going on. It's just now getting brought up national attention. So um, that part sucks. But that's that's not why Mississippi State lost this game. Yeah, there was there was opportunities, blown opportunities. You said it mm-hmm. right there before half. A couple of key drops, uh, easy. I mean, I'm talking. I, I could catch it in the end zone. You know what I'm saying? And I know the weather's yeah. bad. And all this stuff. But these kids got these special gloves, man. It ain't like the stuff we grew up with. I mean, you can catch in the rain, man. <laughs> you can catch with these gloves. And and uh, I, I just think that was the big one with Mississippi State with the field goals. Just missed opportunities because those opportunities could have got you leads. Those opportunities could have got the momentum going. Those opportunities could have kept Ole Miss's offense off the field. And they just weren't able to do that. So, I credit Ole Miss for the victory, but this was really Mississippi be dropping the ball literally pun intended <laughs> yeah and, and both defenses really you know stepping up for the most part until Ole Miss kind of got that ground game going in the second half mm-hmm. again that was that was huge being able to punch a ball in there late in the second half on the ground specifically because Matt Corral didn't really take over Will Rogers you know he had his moments scored late and you know has padded his stats a little bit but it was an off performance from him you know he Remember, going into this, everybody was saying, my God, they got the hottest quarterback uh, in this matchup. But, again, it was these defenses stepping up. And, uh, man, just another wild egg bowl. But, uh, you know, one by Ole Miss Rebels. It felt like it was a a competition between Drummond and Polk there for a minute. You know what I'm saying? And then Polk, of course, got hurt. Man, I I thought he was out. When I watched that lineman roll, I was like, man, he, he that that knee ain't coming back until yep. 2022, you know what I'm saying? But <laughs> he was able to get bounced back and, 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 you know, get competitive. But it seemed like they did lose a little steam around that area, you know, because Polk was a big part of that offense. And uh, um, it was just – it was a chess match. This I loved watching these two minds work. 
they, they gave the coaches it felt like they gave their players all the opportunities to to, to win these games and and they were playing man these kids were playing like their hair was on fire but it, it's just oh Ole Miss did what Ole Miss does you know and they just they they got the last laugh yeah Sam Williams had two more sacks I think he's second in the SEC he was huge in this performance for the Rebels and and just the key to the game in my mind Shane I said the the ground game Ole Miss had seven rushing plays of 10 or more yards for that went for mm-hmm. 118 Mississippi State only had two for 25 and the more balanced right. offense uh won out here in the end yeah that that and Ole Miss just continuing those drives how many times did we have third now I will tell you Mike I, I tweeted out there was that what was it second and 28 or something like that that huge they had just it felt like Mississippi State was kind of getting that momentum back it felt like they missed a, yep. an apparent hold there on the side but that mm-hmm. was a dagger man it just took the wind right out of this that's all they did was boo and thought about that one play uh old Miss just they found ways to keep the chains moving uh, especially on third down. They were 11 of 18. They just couldn't – you couldn't get them off the field. Mississippi State would do great the first two plays, but then they'd screw up on third down and let Ole Miss get get beyond the chain. So, that that was – again, that's what I felt like it was just just a couple mistakes, a couple of, a couple of clear mistakes that if they could have corrected, they could have won that game. But – you know, hips and butt, butts and candies and nuts, we'd all have a wonderful Christmas, brother. So, you know, you got a whole year to, to hold that egg bowl over them uh, Mississippi State Bulldog fans. And trust me, them fans are going to do it for the full year. <laughs> Lane, there's going to be a lot made about the 10 wins. Is this what you foresaw when you started the season? Or, or did it kind of click for you later that you guys had this sort of potential? Uh, I would have foreseen this this season. I don't know if you would ask me two years ago necessarily when we first got here, but um, after spending a year um, with the offensive firepower and coming back, um, you know, uh, I don't know if I would have predicted if you would have told me the quarterback would have been hurt, all three receivers would have been hurt, and all three of those guys missed time and some all at the same time. I don't know that I would have predicted that, but our defense held us together through those injuries and did it again tonight, you know, and. I mean, the third downs are kind of crazy. 11 of 18 on offense at 4 of 14 for those guys was a huge, huge part of the game. And I know when we've, we've talked to Matt earlier in the series, brought up that there's just something special uh, about this team and the guys in the locker room. From, from your perspective, what is it that has kind of made this team a little bit different? I, I don't know. You know, I kind of call them blended family. Um, you know, it just kind of gets put together. Some have been here six years, you know, from the beginning, and some have been here one year. And they've come from all over the place. We got <clears throat> transfers, walk-ons, everything. So um, it's really cool to see them pick each other up. Every coach always says, you know, this team's a family, and they say that every year, and that's not really true. Um, so this is one of those unique years, unique teams. They really are, and they protect each other like that and play for each other like that. I know you kind of downplayed the rivalry this week, but after that early touchdown, we saw you kind of get into it with your sideline with some of the fans. Just what what does it feel like to you to kind of get swept up in the emotion of a moment like that? Yeah, I probably shouldn't have done that, but um, you know, I, I get it now. Um, like I said, it was different than coming here in Alabama. There is, you know, a lot of things said to you on the way out. Their players, you know, say a lot of things during the game and. You know, it gets emotional and gets competitive. So I did kind of get caught up in that. And those those bells are really annoying, by the way. So and they they don't they don't even come close to following the rules. So 
whatever rule that is that they're supposed to stop, they don't. <coughs> hey, Mike, how much of a different game do you think it is if you guys can't score before halftime there? I think three drops and then the missed field goal. Yeah. Yeah, how about that? We haven't dropped three balls in a row well, for a long time. Um, I, I, I don't know. Because, you know, I think sometimes that'll like, – I mean, we'd be seven points better. I know that. We'd be seven points better. Um, you know, I think, but everybody was locked in, you know, in, in a game like this, it's a fine line be, between being too wired up and, uh, you know, and then too discouraged. People don't really go flat because they don't care. I mean, you know, in a game like this, everybody cares, but you care too much, try too hard, then you're out of control. And then you get too discouraged, then you're, you know, you just wallow and mope. And I didn't see any of that out of our team, but I did think we tried too hard and and uh, missed some opportunities, which was well, which was too bad and kind of key situation type of stuff. Mike, with with Nolan McCourty makes the first two kick misses the the second two. I mean, with him right now, do do you see anything in, in maybe his form that's off, or is it, is it more so just mental on, on some of his struggles? Uh, I probably I imagine it's a little of both, you know. I mean, if you're not right mentally, your form's not going to be very good. If you, because if your form's good, there's the ball doesn't have any choice but to go through. You know, I mean, the ball's not deciding where it goes. I know the uh, the, the final mic over here. The, the final regular season game just ended. But how do you kind of reflect on on what your team did this season? Uh, seven wins and, and I guess the strides you guys felt like you made. I think we improved probably more than any team in the conference, but. Uh, it wasn't really satisfactory for us from the standpoint we felt like we could have done a, a better job than we did. Um, and we certainly think that, uh, you know, we left a lot of meat on the bone as far as opportunities. But uh, with that said, we, you know, I, we steadily improved the entire year. Um, you know, so beat a lot of ranked teams and lost to a couple of them. And then, you know, yeah, it's, you know, we, uh, uh, don't get too tired of these guys. You're going to see nearly all of them next year. So, and then on Friday's action, Shane, you know, a little bit. I can't. It's almost like the storylines heading into the matchup. One out yet again here as Arkansas beats Missouri 34-17. Finally snaps that streak over the Tigers mm -hmm. and the Razorbacks. Shane, first time ever, I believe, all three rivalry trophies. Now they possess the Golden Boot the uh, battle line and whatever the hell they call the Texas A&M one, whatever it is, <laughs> the Razorbacks got them all. They were posing with, with the photos after the game. And, uh, you know, this was a game where Traylon Burks took over. He's, he's a man amongst boys, seven catches, 129 and a touchdown. KJ Jefferson mm -hmm. was outstanding as always. And then on the flip side, it was Tyler Beatty, another 200 yard performance doing everything he could possibly do to keep his team in the ball game, but it wasn't enough because, again, they not balanced. Connor Basilak, I know he's banged up, but, man, just the more I watch him, just I don't know, he's just not the answer, at least not right now. Missing all these deep balls, not very consistent. And Arkansas came out very, very sloppy. It, it felt like a team that had went toe-to-toe -to -toe against Alabama and come up short. That's what it felt like in the first half. But I'm sure uh, Sam Pittman – let them know how he felt about that at halftime because they came out 
energized <laughs> and, and just whooped up on Missouri. And at the end of the day, Shane, I know uh, you know there were some disappointing results for the Arkansas Razorbacks this season, but most people were saying this was the most difficult schedule in the country heading into the year. Mm-hmm. And at eight and four, I think Sam Pittman and the Razorbacks they're going to take at facing uh, this this gauntlet in year two of the Sam Pittman era. Mike, a couple things on this game. I mean, obviously it was it was kind of a sloppy first half, man. And it just felt like Arkansas was the one that took advantage of the halftime adjustments. They came out just mixing everything up. Missouri didn't. They just kept giving Beatty the ball. And don't get me wrong, I love Tyler Beatty. I, I, I've we've sang his praises from week one. We think he is a he should be a Heisman winner, if not definitely a, a candidate. They gave him the ball forty one damn times. You know, at times. I, I'm watching them, and I'm like, why do we even have Bazelak in there? You know, why why don't we do like Kentucky with Lynn Bowden last year and just let him, but give him an extra lineman at least. Give make make the eleven out there help him out just a little, and and I mean that may work with some of these teams in the SEC. It's not going to work against teams like Arkansas, man, and they just got so one dimensional. Uh, caught up, you know, just trying to get Beatty the ball for some reason. I get it. He's fantastic running back. But we needed some other weapons to step up. And that second half, every time Arkansas had an answer, Missouri didn't. They were three and out. They were punting the ball. They were just their, – their drives were being cut short. They just felt like there was no life on that side of the ball. So, we needed – we need Beatty needed help, and he didn't need, and he definitely needed from quarterback to stop you know Arkansas from loading up the box. Yeah, and Arkansas Shane they averaged check this out ten yards on first down, whereas Missouri mm-hmm. only averaged three point nine. I mean that you when you're giving yourself that big of an advantage on the early downs that was critical to the football game and. And that's why Arkansas just kind of blew the doors off Missouri here. I know, you know, they scored late to make it look a little bit more competitive, but this is what you wanted to see. This is, uh, you know, Arkansas fans say it's not a rivalry. I get all that. But (laughs) until you beat Missouri, you can't really talk down to them, you know. So you had to get (laughs) over this hump. And uh, after the game, I don't know if you saw this, Shane, this was uh, maybe the most epic troll job of the week. Let's kick it over (laughs) to uh, the Arkansas official Twitter handle. We are Mizzou, we are Mizzou, so who are you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot. Yeah, I see. <laughs> oh, man, so that that's how you uh, troll someone after a win. You know what? Oh, my God. You know, poor Mizzou. You know, I've been at the receiving end of this. You know, when you're you're somebody from your university does something so stupid and lingers around for years, you know? It's like the, the butt chugging up there at Knoxville. I thought we'd never see the end of that thing, you know? So this video will be played till our death, Mike. So this was hilarious. This wasn't the only thing they did either. Uh, they, they took advantage of the uniform. Uh, yeah, things that they were doing. I mean, they, the, Arkansas. I, they should, if they had awards for, I, I guess you would say media teams. I, I, Arkansas's got it right. I mean, there's, it's not even close. Yeah, they're troll, they're, they're the ultimate troll. Is, they're from. They, yeah, we need. I sometimes we need a I gotta look at them. I'm, I'm, 
I, I sometimes I look at them like, is this Barstool, Arkansas? <laughs> you know, it's like, oh no, this is this is the actual university. Okay, come on now. <laughs> no, Vanderbilt's putting on how many how many bowl games they did in the last ten years. <laughs> that's that's their troll job. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Arkansas is just dragging Mizzou through the mud. But buddy, that's awesome because you know why? Next time these two teams meet, it's going to be that much more special. There was so much chippy games. That that mm-hmm. happened this weekend, and it just because kids were playing at a higher level, you know what I'm saying. I think about uh, what's his name down there in Florida with running out with a damn helmet, uh, Pierce. You know what yep. I'm saying? It's just like that kid. It's more than just this game, man. He hates Florida State. You know, this team hates Mizzou. Mizzou hates Arkansas. That's what we love about the rivalries because it just seems like all the players are playing a notch or two higher than they usually do. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, it seemed like Traylon got dinged up there early in the first quarter and then came back and had the game he did. Well, what's that say about him, and what have you thought about his season in general going over 1,000 yards? Yeah, he's a bad man. I mean, I asked Dave, I said, where's Burks? He said, the trailer. I said, go get him. I mean, we got to get him out of there. The bad stuff happens in there, you know. Um but he came back, said he felt fine. You know, uh, um, he can do almost anything. I mean, he, he can catch the ball. He running better routes. He can block. Obviously, he ran the option. Um, just a really, really talented guy and just a better kid than he is talent. And I think everybody knows that. But running that option, wasn't that beautiful? You know, he, he held it long enough. Pitched it out there to Rocket. And, and, you know, the great thing about Burks is him doing that was just every bit as important to him as if he would have been the guy that scored the touchdown. I mean, he's just a special, special person. Can you express what it means to have all three of your trophy trophy games and trophies? I don't know if I can. Yeah, uh, to be perfectly honest with you, uh, we don't have a guy on our team that had any of them ever. Not one, not one that earned one of them. And to have those three trophies in there and Larry, that's, uh, we didn't earn Larry. We bought him for 20 bucks, but, <laughs> but to, to have those three trophies in there is big. I didn't know it. Like I said before, Grant said, I said, why you don't make such a big deal out of, out of these trophies? You know, of course I do. And Grant said, because there's not any of us ever earned one of them. And to have all three of them for the first time in the history of the University of Arkansas or to beat all three of those teams in the same year, uh, I believe, for the first time as well, um, it's a great tribute to those kids and to uh, my assistant coaches. Did you give Barry a game ball or a cake or something or anything? Uh, actually, I didn't. Um, I had the game ball. I gave it to Grant Morgan and I gave it to Joe Fouché and I asked him to give it to Barry. And they, they uh, stood up, talked about what coach Odom means to him and I uh, gave him the, certainly did give him a game ball. He's he, he deserved it. Uh, Tyler B did set the uh, single season all-time record today uh, for single rushing yards in the season. Just can, can you sum up what he's meant to your team this entire year? He is a special player. He's a great competitor. Uh, he gives us everything he's got. 
And, uh, you know, for him to get that record, that, that's a special thing. I, I know he'll be disappointed in the result today, but I know he was, uh, you know, I know he gave us everything he had. Eli, obviously, 65 yards passing is, I'm sure, not what, what you wanted. I guess just what, what went into kind of Connor's struggles? What did you see from him? Um, I'll have to go back and watch the tape. I mean, first drive, we miss a third and short. We miss a wide open uh, pass down the middle that felt like, you know, we felt like we had pretty good dialed up. And, and uh, just kind of after that, we weren't able to really uh, get into a rhythm, consistently complete footballs down the field. They, they were playing press man and, um, you know, it just weren't connecting there. Speaking of hate, Shane, got to start here with the Saturday action with the Iron Bowl because, mm. man, you hated this one if you were an <laughs> Auburn fan, let me tell you, because <laughs> you were in control of this thing for the vast majority of the game, although it was only a 10 to nothing lead. I mean, it felt like 100 for a little while. The way yeah. Alabama was playing, their offensive line was struggling. They were struggling to run the ball. Hell, both these teams – I mean, it, it was more or less two teams that could do almost nothing right on the offensive side. Mm -hmm. Auburn was getting a big play here or there, which led to, uh, obviously, their 10-point their lead. But, man, at the end of the day, once again, you got to be sick to your stomach. If you're an Auburn fan, you blow another double-digit lead here. Bryce Young had to lead uh, his team. I believe it was a 97-yard drive with uh, – about 90 seconds left in the football game, mm -hmm. and he got it done, buddy. He threw a touchdown, an unbelievable touchdown, and an unbelievable touchdown catch by mm -hmm. Brooks, the freshman receiver there for Alabama to kick this thing into overtime. And, man, we said it once. We'll say it again. The more I watch of this damn overtime two-point shootout, the more I hate it, Shane. <laughs> I mean, I just don't get it, uh, particularly when they – you know, they go back into their third overtime. They got to start doing the shootout style. It just, I don't know, it just doesn't feel quite like football to me. I don't get your thoughts on that. But, you know, at the end of the day, if you're if you're Brian Harson, you had an opportunity at the end of, what was it, the second overtime period. No, excuse me, the first overtime period. Alabama scored. They kicked the extra point. Mm -hmm. You get the ball. You score a touchdown. We've seen it with Over Sam two. Pittman. We've seen it with Eli Drinkwitz. You got you kind of have to you have to go for two there I think yeah. because it you you know you pull out your best two point play and you play to win that's how you play in the damn Iron Bowl when you're a huge yeah. underdog and you know I, I get it sometimes you say well you're the home team you keep it going and I understand that logic but if you watch this game if you were in that stadium I mean I was stunned that Auburn managed to score a touchdown I don't know about you Shane but. It was just a it was a gut punch of epic proportion. It felt like Alabama was uh, just going to steamroll Auburn in the overtime, and mm -hmm. outs, outside of an outstanding catch here or there, they kind of did. So, yeah, I don't know. I feel like you you almost had to steal it uh, after leading for most of the game. Uh, but I don't know what what are your thoughts on all that? Well, there's a lot, Mike. This was this was a fantastic football game. This is one at the end. 
you can't go to sleep. You know what I'm saying? Because it keeps you all up all night thinking about what could have, what should have. I can only imagine being an Auburn fan because let's face it, man. And I know a lot, there's a lot of Alabama fans that listen to this show. You got you got the bullseye on your back, okay? You're the big guy. You're you're mm-hmm. the big man on campus. We know that. You've won national championships. You've gone through seasons undefeated. You know you're, you're used to people hating you. Okay, because everybody likes the underdog story. Hell, you ever seen Rocky Balboa? We didn't watch it because of the Russian guy. We watched it because we wanted Rocky <laughs> to beat him. You know what I'm saying? We that's that's what college football is all about. You're always pulling for the underdog, and, and I'm no, I'm not different. I told you on my prediction that I predicted Alabama to win this game, but deep down inside, Mike, you really wanted Auburn to give them a hell of a game, and that's exactly what they did, especially on the defense. Man, this defense came to play, man. They were not allowing Alabama to run the ball at all. They were all over Young back there, making him to to make mistakes early in the mm-hmm. game. But there's as as the game slows down, you start nitpicking certain decisions uh, like that. I, I, like TJ's interception, it's like, what the hell did you throw that? You know what I'm saying? Why did yeah. Tank go out of, out of bounds? You know, I get. He was so close to a first down. Why did you run that next play so you can critique these little things, you know? On the second overtime, I, I don't know anybody's talking about it, but that was not running into the kicker. That is a personal foul. You just knocked that dude out. You know what I'm saying? I don't understand why that's a five-yard penalty. But anyway, you, you all that could be said, but then – I think the biggest thing for me is just how great this defense was playing. Why, when it was 90 seconds left in this game, did we not have our ears pinned back and send some damn pressure back there? Because yeah. I know they were they were still getting it back there with the four that they were bringing, but I'm talking some pressure, man, some linebacker, forcing him to make those decisions like that. Don't give him around a, a long time to dance around and just nickel and dime it all the way down the field because you felt like when that was happening – that Alabama wasn't going to be stopped. I just so yes, there's parts of me that 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 hates it for Auburn because you were so damn close. I can only imagine you're still up at not thinking about this game. This was this was your national this was your SEC championship, man. You didn't have a chance to to knock them off and uh so I hate that for Auburn. But on the flip side of the coin, I love it for Alabama, and this is why, Mike, because I think if Alabama would have lost this game, there's no way you could have got them in a college football playoffs. These guys, this committee wants so bad for there to only be one SEC team. And if it's not obvious by these rankings, then come on, man, wake up. They don't want two SEC teams in there. You know what I'm saying? In yeah. fact, this may this game may have hurt Alabama because if Alabama loses to Georgia and it's close, I don't know if they get in, man, just because of this game right here because they're saying, well, you know, Arkansas was a one-score game. Auburn was a one-score game. They lost to Texas A&M. Look how many teams they lost to. How mm-hmm. can we justify putting Alabama in there? So this was not a good game. But I will tell you, Alabama – Finds a way to win. They're going to have to win. I think, Mike, they're going to have to win the SEC championship to get in the college football playoffs. They're just damned and determined to get Cincinnati, probably Notre Dame, and all these other (laughs) shit teams in there. You know what I'm saying? So, Alabama's got to win out. And you do that by a close game like this. They found a way to win. Kudos to them. My highlight of this game, Mike, was post-game. Nick Saban coming to the sideline. I wish we can include the the, the – the, I've never seen him. He's like a kid in a candy store. And, and it's just like, is this is this Papaw Saban? You know what I'm saying? And then him looking for Miss Terry at the end of the game. I was like, golly, man, there's, there's a gentle side of Saban. 
Saban, why don't we show this more often? So there was a lot of good, obviously, if you're an Alabama fan, but if you are an Auburn fan, I get it. You're pissed off. You're upset. Uh, and you should be because this is a game you should have won. Yeah, it makes me wonder, Shane, if old <laughs> Saban, you know, how close is he near the end? I mean, he's getting his sweet and sensitive side. He's calling out Alabama fans for their high expectations. I was like, my word, when I seen all that. Oh, uh, yeah. But yeah, we'll get to his comments here in a minute. But, uh, you know, he put it perfectly. It's the losses that stick with him. But uh, he said, now this win, this will be one that sticks with him. So, you know, just interesting. Yeah. He, he's had such issues with uh, winning in Jordan Hare. And it felt like this was going to be another one where Alabama comes up short on the planes, but they get it done. You know, the here I was, I call out the defense one week. This is the problem with Alabama, though. I mean, one week is the defense can't stop anybody. Then this game, mm -hmm. I know Auburn, it's not like they have the greatest offense, but, I mean, their defense was on point. They were stifling them. But the, now mm -hmm. the issue is the offensive line. Can't block anybody. And, <laughs> yeah. and once we had Jamison Williams get thrown out for a, a targeting, it's how damn bizarre is it to have a receiver get thrown out for targeting? Mm. You know, all we had is John Mechie. Now, he stepped up, 13 catches, 150 yeah. Uh, yards. I mean, my God, Auburn, you only got to stop one guy. But, hey, he, st he <laughs> got the job done, so let's give Mechie credit. But it just goes to show, Shane, that, uh, you know, outside of Williams and Mechie, Bryce Young, Will Anderson, I mean, I know I just named four All-American type players, but that's about all the, the real difference makers Alabama's got this year when they usually got about mm -hmm. 20 of them. You know what I mean? And, and I think that's kind of like the flaw of this Alabama team where – they're good. They're very, very good, but they're inconsistent. And I, I don't know, all these issues that I'm seeing, that, that's going to be one hell of a nightmare if they don't uh, – if they play like they did here against Auburn, they're going to get crushed by Georgia. I, I think you hit the nail on the head, Mike, because what is Georgia good at? And that's getting pressure on the quarterback. So, mm -hmm. I mean, Georgia's front four feels like front six sometimes. You know what I'm saying? And if this <laughs> yeah. offensive line doesn't tighten up real quick, they're going to live in the backfield. So, I think Georgia's licking their chops here. But you can never count Alabama out. Just And this is a prime example, Mike. They're down 10 nothing. You think there's no way that this game is, is over. Auburn's I'm, – I'm sending out tweets, Mike. I'm making videos to, to – to, and I was waiting. I was like, okay, now's the safe time to go ahead and upload this video. And I, I, as soon as I did that, I got a – somebody sent me, not so fast, my friend. I was like, shit, cold take's going to get me like Mike here in a minute. So, but, yeah, this this was a this was a great game. Uh, I mean, it was. Forget the outcome. Just if you're not a fan of either team, you could have really enjoyed watching this game. Obviously, Auburn's you know took a hit, but there's a lot of Tide fans, man, that 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 got humbled this week. But they know that they got to get prepared for this SEC championship. Mm -hmm. Well, let's kick it over to uh, Nick Saban and Brian Harson, and in particular, pay attention to the, the last question Harson gets asked about uh, his status there at Auburn. I, I don't know how I feel about this one. Made some good adjustments at halftime, did a much better job in the second half of moving the ball, and and always didn't, you know, pan out for us. But, man, you cannot ever imagine uh, players competing in a game any better than what they competed in this game. I'm talking about the defense getting stops when they needed to, uh, the offense going on a whatever that was, 90-some yard drive uh, to tie the game. 
uh, players playing and making plays that hadn't played that much this year, uh, that were young players. But uh, after halftime, it just seemed like everybody was all in, and um, we, we, we were fighting uh, like I've never seen us fight, you know, all year long. And it's a great feeling. Nick, you've had a, a lot of weird games not go your way in this stadium. You know, the pick six, the kick six, missed field goals. What's it like emotionally being on the other end of it for us? Well, you know, I, I just had a feeling um, that, you know, the way we were playing on defense, that we were going to have some opportunities and be able to come back in the game. Uh, now, I thought that was not a good feeling when we botched the, the first field goal snap uh, and didn't come out with any points, you know, on that drive because that would made 10-3, but um, it feels really good. You know, I mean, more than anything else, you, you know, sometimes should you equate um, what you accomplish in this profession from how many games you win or how many winners you know, you help to develop so that they have a chance to be not only winners on the field, but winners in life. And uh, the way these guys sort of overcame adversity in this game and um, showed great resiliency and the way they performed. Um, and I said that to them in the locker room after the game. You know, this is something you should always remember. Uh, that when you put your best foot forward and you fight um, and you really believe in something and you do it together as a group, what you can accomplish. So um, that may happen to you sometime in your life too. So, um, but anyway, I can't tell you that it feels good. It feels really good to come back and get a win. Yes. And then considering everything that Bryce went through uh, throughout this game, I mean, how proud are you of the way through down the stretch? Well, you know, it wasn't Bryce's fault that he was struggling in the first half. We weren't giving him much of a chance. Uh, but I think he's got a lot of mental toughness. He's got a lot of grit about him. Uh, he's kind of quiet uh, in his demeanor uh, and the way he goes about things. But he's always, you know, you know, kept telling the offense, you know, I, I, I'm, we're going to get this right. You know, we're going to be all right. We're going to be all right. And um, I think the players really believe in him. And then when we started making a couple plays and moving the ball, I think we got a little confidence. And I think that helped not only him, but the players around him play better, uh, which enabled him to make a lot of plays that we needed him to make, uh, which he was pretty outstanding in the second half. Uh, Coach, um, uh, second halves have, uh, have been a little rough here down the last half of the season. You know, from a coaching standpoint, you know, uh, how do you guys get things turned around in terms of game planning and play calling? Well, yeah, I mean, I, that's we'll go back and look at uh, the entire year. We'll have a chance to do all that. Um, you know, every game is, um, you know, unique to that particular team that you're playing. And, you know, what are some of those reasons in the second half? I mean, we've determined uh, from the games that we played, uh, just execution, play calls, you name it. It's always, it's a combination. It's never one thing. It's a combination of things. And... You know, the bottom line is in the second half, and we showed it today. I mean, there were some good things in the second half that we did. Um, and ultimately, you know, not enough as we got into overtime. So we played a second half of football, and we didn't play that fifth quarter uh, like we wanted to, and that's that was the result uh, is we didn't win the game. So, you know, those will be evaluations as we get through the entire year. We'll have a chance to look at some of that 
into our bowl prep. Uh, but that's what you go back and evaluate. You know, what's our second half? What's our first half? And uh, there's a lot of things that, that we're going to work to improve on, which, you know, every single year, that's, that's what you, you do as a staff, is you go back and review the things that you did, and, and uh, you look at what you learned from that, and you try to apply that moving forward. Recruiting thing and all that stuff and, and getting for the going forward. So does that mean that you are committed to staying here? There's been rumors about you potentially looking at other jobs. Does that mean with what you're saying that you're committed to continue on here at Auburn? I'm always committed to what I'm doing. Um, you know, this is, uh, you know, we're just coming off a tough game. Uh, I came to Auburn for a reason. I mean, look at the history of my coaching career, and, and uh, this isn't about me. This is about our team tonight. We played a good football team. Uh, we, didn't, we didn't win. Uh, I'm disappointed. Our players are disappointed. I care more about what the hell they think. And, you know, that we got to take care of those guys. But, you know, there's a reason why we came to Auburn. And so, you know, just, just do a little research and, and see the history of, you know, the things that I've been able to do and uh, been a part of. And there's a reason why we're here. Auburn's a great place. Love it. Um, love the community here. I love where we're going with this program. Disappointed as hell but at the same time um, excited about the future and the things that we're going to be able to do and the stuff that's happening here in this program. So, um, you know, whatever you want to say with that right there, yeah. You know, those guys in that locker room know where I stand and, and everybody in this program and this coaching staff knows where I stand. Um, I love it here. I love the orange and blue and, and uh, you know, we got a lot of more work to do. So we're going to continue that and we're not going to let anybody distract us from doing the work necessary to go out there and be the type of team that, that we know we can be. And, you know, as long as our guys stay focused, I will, and our staff, then we'll be able to achieve those things uh, at some point. So, you know, that's that's the, the single-minded focus that we have in this program uh, coming from the head coach is where we're trying to go and how we're going to do it. Well, I just wanted to play that real quick, Shane, because, uh, hell, I think we might – Based on that, we may have another coaching change here in the SEC. You know what? <laughs> That's it, man. This door's this door's never closed, is it? You know, it's just it's it's a revolving carousel of coaches. It's a tough place, man. It's a tough place to be. Nobody, not everybody, can be Nick Saban. Nobody can yeah. just sit down there or, or, or say Stoops. I guess he's the next longest longest term guy. You know, it's just it's tough to do in this league. And you just got to find ways to win, and and you can't. It's it's, it's a revolving door. That I mean, if you look at the years past, how many times have we had the same SEC championship? Yeah, the last ten years, Alabama. You know those teams, LSU's. Those have been up to the top. But if you look back 20, 30 years, it's a revolving door, man. Your team's gonna suck at some point. So, and at that point, they're probably gonna blame your coach. So. Uh, I don't know. Is is this the year that 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 he leaves? I hope he doesn't, man. I, I like what he's done down there at Auburn. I, I think in a few years he can really be competitive down there in the West. Um, I hope he doesn't put, pull a Lincoln. Realize he gotten a little too much, but I, I I think he sticks around, Mike. What do you or do you think he's leaving? I mean, I'm hearing a lot. Of, I'm hearing a lot of leaving, but I try to stay positive here. Yeah, I mean. I'm kind of hearing the same. I I think he'll come back because I think it's a coward's way out yeah. to to show up one yeah, year and, and peace out. So hey, you came for the SEC for a reason. You came to compete for championships. Mm -hmm. Let's at least see if you can do it. And hell, the way we run it down here, if you can't get it done, well, here's a check for twenty million to to get go to hell. You know. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Oh, poor Dan Mullen. I hope he's okay today. <laughs>
Right, Shay, we got to move on to, speaking of fired coaches here, LSU, Coach O's final game, beats Texas A&M on the last drive of the game, at least for the Tigers, 27-24. After the game, Coach O said, this is it for me, not coaching the bowl game. But, man, this was a game, you know, right to script. Like like Shane said, man, it's like there's no trust Sheamus over here. But uh, LSU came (laughs) out, played some inspired football, a&M, not so much. Now, A&M, they, they asserted their dominance here in the second half. I thought uh, for sure they were going to lock this thing down. Hell, just like Shane in the last game, I was celebrating A&M's win here while LSU was still in their game-winning drive because I, I said, no way in hell they're going to march down the field. They they scored three points the entire second half until this touchdown mm-hmm. drive engineered by Max uh, Johnson hit uh, Dre Jenkins for the game winner. But, man – what a game here for Cocho. What an ending. He's going out, Shane. He says he's going take it, take it his smoking hot girlfriend Brandy to Destin. And, and that's <laughs> that's it for him, man. I mean, he he's not taking them kids. Kids are not allowed to come on the trip. And he, here we are, Jimbo Fisher. I'm not piling on Jimbo because uh, you know, everybody makes the contract jokes and the Kevin Sullivan jokes, but man, what a disappointing season, Shane. There's no way that you could have told me. That Texas A&M was going to beat Alabama this year and finish eight and four, I just never in my life would have seen any path Mm-mm. to that happening. Could you? No, no. I, I this is how how do you not chalk this up as a disappointing season for both these programs? I, I think there was a lot of folks thinking that I don't know maybe this is the year LSU gets back in the mix. You, they took a year off, young team, talented team. Coach yeah. O gets these boys fired up. And then Texas A&M on the other side, a lot of people, myself included, were like, hey, man, these guys could seriously win the West. They beat teams like Alabama. It's just a damn roller coaster all the way through, man. It's It's got to be frustrating. Uh, because you know that you've got the you've got the ingredients to make a hell of a recipe. You know what I'm saying? It's just you've not been able to put them together properly. And then when you do, you look great. But when you don't, you you got egg on your face. You know what I'm saying? And, and it felt like this game, this defense. I tell you, LSU defense. The, they this is a Texas A&M offense that's had no problems running the ball, but yeah. to keep these guys in check, I mean, it's what do they have like 50 yards rushing on this thing? This that that's blows my mind. This LSU defense, if there is like a what do you call it? Like a when you bounce back, there's a a word they use like a comeback rebound. I, I guess yeah, like that's that's this defense. Like if you're giving an award to some sort of offense or defense of the SEC, which one has bounced back the most? I gotta give it to LSU's defense just because they're playing. Like I said earlier, with their like their hairs on fire, man. These guys came out energetic they 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 shut down the texas a&m offense and that's exactly that's what they wanted they wanted uh this to come down to calzada's arm yeah and people give uh, coach o hell shane for calling out his coaches and you know saying it's too complicated and we're not doing this we're not doing that and hell he, he lit a fire under their ass because uh mm-hmm. in, here in the second half they were playing a lot better down the stretch never gave up again you lose to alabama you know, you could have easily won that game. You lose to mm-hmm. Arkansas, could have easily won that game. How many of these teams with a losing record would have said to hell with the season? Uh, but not not these LSU Tigers. And all week they said they will beat the Aggies. They backed it yeah. up on the field. So we got to give them credit. 
But uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like you said. I mean, this is going to be a season of filled of regrets of, of what could have been for both these teams. Uh, it's just a disappointing year. But hey, <laughs> what, about, now, what about what uh, about how do you say his name? Is it Damon Clark or Damone Clark? I can never say his name right. Did you hear what he said? He came out after the game. He says, "I heard stuff people were saying about me. What they going to say now?" <laughs> <laughs> that kid was on fire out there, man. He had 10 tackles, two and a half sacks. He, it felt like he was on Calzada every other play. Uh, mm-hmm. It was a hell of a senior game for him, man. Yeah, he's an All-American, no doubt. What they going to say now? <laughs> <laughs> but just, a, just a wild, wild ride here. And I, I was going to mention, of course, uh, you know, late in the game there was the – it was a really bad call. I'll give the Aggies that. I mean, they got screwed on the punt return. They stripped the guy. It was called a, uh, uh, mm-hmm. a forward, forward progress, which uh, kept LSU the ball. But, hey, same thing I've said, and I say this all the time, Shane. You know, I, I said it against Arkansas, Mississippi State. There was a bad call in that one. But you still had opportunities to stop them. And Texas A&M mm-hmm. with their defense should have stopped LSU. So, bad call, yes. Is that the only thing that cost you the game? No. Uh, you know, you, you gotta you gotta respond to the adversity. I, and if hell, if I was A and M, I'd be pissed too, and mm-hmm. I'd be whining and bitching too. But uh, at the end of the day, you had your opportunities there at the end, and and you didn't get it done. That's that's the key, Mike. Like Mississippi State had opportunities, didn't capitalize, and now you lost. So. Just I, I just I'm happy for them LSU Tigers because they have gone through a lot this year, losing players, losing their coach, you know, and and securing a bowl game. Say what you want, man. That's extra practices with this 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 young squad. Obviously, they're going to have a new coach in there, but I don't know. I, I just it, it's always nice to get to a bowl game and uh, I, I and win at home for these seniors. There's those seniors have been mm-hmm. through a lot, man. There's, I mean, you talk about ups yeah. and downs. That program has gone through it, man. Hey, and Jimbo got back on the plane, so that's good. You know, he didn't stay. <laughs> so. <laughs> What's up, guys? How about them Tigers, baby? <laughs> Y'all not excited? Coach, what were you thinking watching the final drive? Your guys? I, I thought something good was going to happen. You know, I just felt that we had enough time. We had done so many two-minute drills uh, over the course of the year that our guys were prepared. That were, I just felt like something good was going to happen. We kept on making play after play after play. We kept on fighting. You've always said you're not going to make it about you, but just this game, it's like a movie. You know, the coach is going out, the last second drive down the field, you win at the end and all that. I mean, how will you remember this? Yeah. It was for the 19 seniors, you know. I mean, that's what they were. You know, I didn't even think about this is for me or nothing like that. I've had my share, man. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. Uh, this is my last game uh, with, the, with the Tigers. Uh, me and the administration have mutually decided that I will not coach the bowl game because Brad Davis is going to be the interim coach. And then I told the guys, I wish them luck. Uh, you know, I'm not going to sit here and coach when there's another guy coming in and be the head coach next week or the week after. I'm not going to do that. This is my team. And as soon as they get a new head coach, I was going to go. And uh, But uh, the administration, Stephanie's in here, Scott's in here. They've been great to me. Uh, we decided on this, and I, I mutually agree with everything. And I wish our guys the best. So I hope they go to a great bowl. I know that Brad Davis is going to do a good job. Whoever the new coach is, I wish him all the luck in the world. I'm always going to be an LSU Tiger fan. Hey, coach, over in the back. Uh, I remember after a memorable win two years ago, you said you're going to watch Sports Center and eat a ham sandwich. Um, 
Could you give us an, uh, a glimpse in what your your final night here as a, a head coach of LSU is going to yeah, be like? I'm packing to go to Destin. <laughs> I'll be there tomorrow. You bringing uh, the, the, the boys or who, who goes to Destin with Me you? Me and Brandon going. Boys got to stay home this time. <laughs> coach, when you came out, you bumped your chest and you pointed up yeah. to the sky. Was that for your dad? That was or? my dad, yeah. I always do it. I felt the man. I want to say this to y'all. Man, they – Six years, man. You've been fair to me. I love y'all. Been good, man. Y'all, hey, I, I look forward to meeting with you guys. Every one of you guys have been fair to me, man. I'm always going to be around. And if you come to Destin, we got uh, we got a little suntan lotion for you, boys. Go Tigers! Why would you say that the run game was kind of stalled out a little bit early? You got beat. You just couldn't move them. They were big guys. They were playing five-man. They were playing bear. They were playing double eagle and four eyes. And they were a bunch of – they were trying to stop it. And they were giving us the pass. That's why we had to get there. And we can – they are big bodies of 330, 40 pounds. So they played it. And I mean, it's like when they played Alabama and some of those teams inside. Then we got some outside game going finally and, and, and got some mix and got some passing and got them out of there and then, and then mixed it up. But you had to keep good balance in what we did. But they are big, strong guys. And, and, they, and what, what they play is based on stop the runs. It's a basically a bare front. This one hurt more, Coach, just because you got so much more time before you play the next. Listen, they all hurt. <laughs> they all hurt. They all hurt when you don't have success. There's no one that hurts anymore. They're all the same. <laughs> well, speaking of uh, going through a lot, Shane, these Gators, they bounce back from uh, Dan Mullen firing from a one hell mm-hmm. of a rough month to beat Florida State 24-21. And as soon as I saw the pregame fight between them Gators and Severals, <laughs> I said, oh, my God, I made a huge mistake. He's, and the stadium, hey, let's give the fans credit. Shane, they announced uh, leading up to this one on Friday that it was officially a sellout. What other, you know, how many fan bases? You fire your coach, uh, dead in the water season, five and six, yet you're selling the stadium out. I mean, my goodness, that is right. a terrific sign of, uh, of support there by the Florida Gators crew. So give them a ton of credit. And this team, for the most part, responded, Shane, outside of, if not for every Jones throwing three interceptions, they would have whooped FSU's <laughs> ass here. And, again, that led to me getting, what is it, cold tape? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, boy. You, boy you, yeah, but the problem was you, you had Matt Corral in there, too, you know? <laughs> I mean. <laughs> yeah, so if you missed it, <laughs> man, this guy – I don't know what this guy does with his life, but uh, he's out here. He's got tweets of mine since from 2017 where uh, basically what I said was uh, when Dan Mullen got the job, they kicked Matt Corral to the curb, flipped him for Emory Jones. I said that would be a major upgrade for them Florida Gators. Whoops. (laughs) Matt Corral may win the highs, but Emory Jones should not be starting. But, hey, he got me again. This is becoming a weekly tradition here on the show. But – all right, a little editing error there. Probably jacked up the show there. But, uh, yeah, so Florida Gators, man, they got it done when they stepped it up. Uh, they got it done when they faced the Seminole, Shane. Greg Knox now 2-0 as an interim coach both times after Dan Mullen unable to coach the team. Uh, biggest question for me entering this game, you, you kind of hit on it a little bit with the Damian Pierce. What a, what a machine he was. But why in the hell did they not have Anthony Richardson out there longer Mm-hmm. Or sooner, rather, uh, after all these Emory Jones interceptions. If, you know, I, I'm not trying to pile on Emory Jones, but I, I got to think that uh, had Anthony Richardson started this game and played the whole way through, this would have been a slaughter. I'm piling on him. I mean, come on, Mike. I mean, here we are. We're, we're <laughs> Seriously, think about this. We're 12 games in. I mean, how can you, how can you look at this body of work and say, you know what, Emory – 
you know, he, he didn't cause us some, I hate, I, I know, mm-hmm. I know these kids are college kids and, and all this stuff, but damn, let's be realist here for a second. Okay. Is Emory Jones your future? Is he? At some point, you should have just said, you know no. what? Okay, we're growing this season. And the reason that Dan got fired is because he wasn't ready to turn the reins over to the young talent. Are you going to struggle during games? Absolutely. But when you get to the end of the year and you got all that experience under your belt, you can say, you know what? We're going to be pretty damn good next year because we finally got a quarterback. You've got to get those reps. And the only thing I can guess is uh, is Anthony is, – is is maybe he's bad at practice. How many times have we seen a quarterback come out and you're like, well, man, they're just not ready to give him a shot or something like that. He must be really bad – or Emory must be really good at practice. But, you know, it's different when the lights are on. When the lights are on, Richardson makes plays. That's what I love about it. Not just with his arms, but with his legs. He's just he, – he's, he's a complete package. He is a five-star quarterback, Mike, that needs the opportunity. Is he rough around the edges? Absolutely. But he needs to practice right now. What do you have to lose? You know what I'm saying? So, I, I, I think once you saw it mm-hmm. out there, we saw a spark. Um, I'm not saying just from him. I talked about it earlier. I think Pierce was playing lights out, man. I mean, this kid looked like them. I mean, he was just a wrecking ball out there. And that's what I loved about it. I loved the heart. You could just see these guys wanted to beat Florida State. They didn't care about the ball, Mike. They just wanted to beat the shit out of Florida State. And I think that's what they did on the field. Now let's move on, Shay, to uh, Georgia taking care of business with Georgia Tech 45 <laughs> to zero. And man, there wasn't much to take away from this one other other than uh, hey, George Pickens saw the field. Mm-hmm. That was great. Recorded uh, his first catch of the season, getting him ready for uh, a playoff run here. And how about this, Shane? If you take away the end of the, each half which were, you know, basically just kneel downs. Georgia scored a touchdown, or excuse me, they scored on every single possession. Uh, The first possession of the game was a field goal. Every other possession, touchdown (laughs) for them, Georgia Bulldogs. And Georgia Tech opened the game three of four possessions with the three and out. That was basically, I mean, this was a no Mm -hmm. contest. And, hey, we already knew Georgia was the best team in the country, but they just continued to – Never have a down week. It doesn't matter the opponent. doesn't matter if it's at home or away. I mean, they are just running through every single buddy. And, man, this is as locked in as, as I can remember a, a, a complete team being. You Dude, know this – I mean, what do we talk about here? <laughs> I mean, there was, there was nothing really to talk about this game <laughs> except I, I will say Stetson threw some damn dimes in here, buddy. I, I mean, not it, – it, yeah. I know it's against Georgia Tech and everything, but it could have been against Alabama. It could have, it could have been against anybody in the country. Uh, he was throwing some, some dimes. And I think that's a sign for me because what we didn't want to see is these guys come out and just do the bare minimum to get through a game. It felt like they were really giving all they had there to start, and that's why they jumped on Georgia Tech so early. His defense is still looking damn dominant. Uh, they're just – they're, they're on cruise control, man, you know, but it ramps up real quick. The, the Georgia Tech to Alabama, that's a, that's a different animal, Mike. But, uh, again, not much to say mm-hmm. here. You, you, you killed them. Now, how about uh, Tennessee mm-hmm. beating Vanderbilt 45-21? to 21? And I can never remember such a ho-hum 24-point SEC win. But uh, when the Vols opened the game with a pick six touchdown, Theo Jackson, the senior, right in front of his mom. How cool was that? But uh, – I mean, Tennessee's offense does what Tennessee's offense does. They were basically going all up and down. 
on the Vanderbilt Commodores outside of, uh, you know, a lot of fourth down conversions for both of these uh, teams. That That's kind of something that stood out to me. Mike Wright, he had an all right game, but Tennessee had two players, Jabari Small and Wright, Jalen Wright, both go over 100 yards. Mm-hmm. Cedric Tillman got another 100-yard receiving performance. But, man, Tennessee just did, did whatever they wanted, took mm-hmm. care of business. And, again, new era under Josh Heupel, no taking a foot off the gas, no disrespecting any opponent. They don't play down to the level of the competition more is what I'm trying to say. And and, t- and like I said, a 24-point victory felt like kind of a disappointing yeah. performance because they didn't even cover it. You <laughs> <Yeah>. know <what? laughs> well, it does. And I, and I will say this, Mike. Every team in the SEC except Vanderbilt made a bowl game. But I'm telling you what, if Vanderbilt would, would have been playing all their games like they played the last two, that may be a different story because I want to tell you, this is uh, this team was a little bit more competitive than folks give them credit for. Myself, I mean, you look at it, you're like, hey, two wins. All right, Vanderbilt sucks. But I'm telling you, these guys the last three or four weeks have been playing tough. Um, I, I, I like this quarterback, you know. I, I like this Pierce Jr. on the on the outside. I think they find they found ways to orchestrate uh, – conversions on third down they even fourth down Vanderbilt was a tough team to get off the field I know that sounds crazy but they there was some really good things that came from that game and if you're a Vandy fan I think you're you're feeling a little bit better about your program here to the tail end of this season going into next year Um, you know it didn't work out the way you wanted it to this year but if you look at the development these kids have had since week one to now Come on, baby. Let's see what they got next year. I think it's going to be a tougher game for Tennessee. So, now, on the volunteer side, you know, we weren't able to move like we wanted to. This is the first time we didn't score offensive points in the first quarter. This uh, Vanderbilt did a good job of holding on to the ball, slowing us down. Uh, and, and not a lot of – not fake injuries slow us down, just legitimate good defensive stand. So, I, I think that's the key is there was some good on both sides and there were some things we need to work on. Tennessee is still a fundamentally sound offense, man, and they show it. Once they can get two-dimensional, once they can get that running game, take the pressure off hooker, then it just opens up those throwing lanes. Because once you get that running, you get that box, you get these safeties starting to creep up a little bit. Next thing you know, you could take advantage of those downfield passes. And how many times did Hooker throw the ball? And it's just like, where did the defense go? You know what I'm saying? That was because we were able to run the ball. So that's what I like. Uh, Again, Tillman, silent hero here, man. This guy, uh, another two-touchdown performance, another 100-yard game. Uh, This kid's legit. This this kid's an All-American. Yeah, no doubt, Shane. Well, we got to move this thing along. And, and speaking of, uh, you know, all Americans <laughs> and the Kentucky Wildcats, Shane. Oh man, <laughs> being disrespected. Louisville's the favorite. What they had <laughs> a alleged all American at quarterback. Uh, he did not look like it because Kentucky whooped them fifty-two to twenty-one. And Louisville quarterback's name's Cunningham. Man, you nailed. You were all over this one, Shane. You said these guys. <laughs> Come into these SEC matches, get exposed. Zero touchdowns, one interception, 145 yards for Cunningham through the air, while Will Levis turned around and got four rushing touchdowns <laughs> with uh, Chris Rodriguez adding one of his own and Wandale Robinson, Shane, nine catches, 97 yards. He set the uh, all-time Kentucky school record for most catches in a season with 90, Wandale Robinson did, and Man, Kentucky came out pissed that uh, yeah, Louis, you know Louisville was the favorite, and man, uh-huh. they they let it be known. I mean, they should never 
be the favorite on Mark Stoops in Kentucky. You know what? Absolutely. A couple guys in Vegas got fired this weekend, Mike, because this was <laughs> this was the easiest bet we've ever had to make. I'm like, is there something else? Is there something we don't? Is it supposed to snow or something? You know, it's like, I don't know what's going on here. So, uh, no, Kentucky came out. They destroyed Louisville exactly what they that they planned on doing. Uh, they looked good doing it. It's, it felt like Mark just watched a couple of hours of game film saying, you know what, I think we could just run on these guys. You know, <laughs> it's like they came out, and that's exactly what they did. Louisville had no answer for the run game, and they just kept the clock moving, kept the scoreboard going. This was not a ball game. It was over right out of the gates. Uh, I never felt so good about a bet in my life till after that first touchdown. I was like, oh, my God, this is like printing money, Mike. I wish I had to put more on it. <laughs> yeah, the first nine drives, Shane, Kentucky scored on eight of them. I mean, oh. that's incredible. That uh, you know, it, it was the Kentucky offense we saw against Tennessee. I mean, this was mm -hmm. just an unstoppable unit. And then the defense was doing their part outside of allowing Louisville to score on the first possession. But, I mean – Beyond that, it was just total, total domination. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a great cap for Kentucky to head into this bowl game. Now on a three-game winning streak, nine-win season, have an opportunity to win ten games in a season. That's that's a hell of a year there that's, that's, if you're that's a Kentucky a Wildcat. There's a, there's a reason Stoops on everybody's board, man, because of seasons like this. This is, this is not a – unusual season for Kentucky this is this is usual activity here they expect now nine ten wins every single year and they're going to keep doing it man and I, I lost my real quick Shane last one here before my camera dies I hate to even say it, but Clemson said 30, South Carolina zero. We were the two idiots picking South Carolina right. to win this football game. But, man, let's just close no, it. Let's close no it out, offense. Mike. Let's just close it out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no most offense for the Gamecocks no. yet again. Yeah. And, man, I, I was getting fired up that Clemson quarterback, Uli Gooley, whatever. He threw an interception. I was feeling great about this pick. And then, uh, yeah, that was that's about all the highlights of this one. Yeah, Mike, I, I was very, very disappointed with this game. And, and, you know, the biggest part for me was it felt like South Carolina didn't belong there. You know, going into this game, they felt yeah. nervous. They felt we had some stupid penalties right out of the gate. Yes, we had a little momentum with the interception. We still couldn't do anything with it. It was just – it was terrible, man. And then and then when you look at the offense side, they could get nothing going, man. Almost barely 200 yards of total offense. That's ridiculous, especially with a down year with Clemson. So, I just think these boys got over-pumped about the Auburn game. It, it hung over. They made the bowl season, so it's still a good win. But um, I think it's a little too early to, to crown Coach Beamer for uh, Coach of the Year. Mm. Um, you know, they definitely needed oh, to yeah. win this one. And um, – but it's still, you, you know, 30 nothing. not not exactly what you want, but I saw improvement with South Carolina this year. It's just this one right here, they, they felt like that little brother. You know what I'm saying? And that's what they couldn't have. They needed yeah. to come in expecting to win this game, and that's that's they didn't. All right, buddy. Well, hey, that's going to do it for this episode. went long, and we're having all kinds of technical difficulties on this mm -hmm. one. But uh, I do appreciate, as always, you hanging out. I appreciate each and every one of you for checking us out and we'll be back all week to get you caught up on the latest coaching rumors and all that's going on i mean making uh, my picks for coach of the year players of the year all that mm -hmm. this week on the show so we're still it's not just going to be 
Georgia and Alabama this week. We're going to be covering the entire SEC. But, uh, hey, that's all I got on this one. I'll catch you on the next one. All right. See you guys. Go balls. We went full Rogan on this one, didn't we? <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.